Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm Anthony Moore, and I serve as the um, senior pastor of Carolina Church, located in Fort Washington, Maryland. You are on the Carolina Prayer Call Line, and I thank you for your presence on today. I have been wrestling with this concept around forgiveness, and um, I want to give you some additional things on today that I think are critical. I've been I dealt with the whole idea of us being forgiven. I've dealt with us forgiving us, forgiving ourselves. Um, today, I want to talk about this whole idea and concept around forgive and forget. I want to talk about that and share with you um, some biblical instructions around the idea around the phrase forgive and forget. Um, I think when we hear the phrase forgive and forget that this can be misleading, can be very misleading. Um, as a response to that phrase forgive and forget, uh, we will often say or we have often heard, I'll forgive, but I will never forget um, to forgive and forget does not mean that a person who has been wronged develops some kind of um, sanctified amnesia a person who has been abused held captive will never forget that it happened parent who has had a child abducted will probably think about that crime every day that he or she spends on the earth. Yet, it is possible for each of those persons um, and persons like them who have been sinned against to forgive and also to forget as long as the biblical definition of forget remains in our view. In the Bible, um, remembering and forgetting do not have to do with retention of information in the brain. I want you all to please hear me. So we, when we look at the Bible, the term remembering and forgetting does not have to deal do, do with, it has nothing to do with retention of information in the brain. In Genesis, um, Genesis 8, verse 1, this is what it says, But God remembered Noah and all of the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark, and God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. After the flood, God remembered Noah. Now, does this imply that for a while God had forgotten about Noah, misplaced him among the flood waters, and then one day he remembered and thought he had better check on him? No, 
That's not what that means. The biblical concept of remembering has to do with choosing to act. And forgetting means refusing to act. Please allow me to go over it again. The biblical concept of remembering has to do with choosing to act. Forgetting means refusing to act on the basis of something. So I have choosing to act, refusing to act. So when the Bible says God remembered Noah, it means that God chose to act on Noah's behalf and sent a wind to help the waters recede more rapidly. God promises um, that under the new covenant, I will forgive their sins and remember them no more. In Jeremiah 31, verse 34, Jeremiah 31, verse 34, he says, um, And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declareth the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. That's in Jeremiah thirty one, thirty four. If you go over to Hebrews eight and twelve, Hebrews eight and twelve, it says, For I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. In Hebrews ten seventeen, it says, then he adds, I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. God does not forget that people have sinned, but when he forgives, he chooses not to act on the basis of those sins. It's similar to um, the sentiment that's expressed uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, where it says, love keeps no record of wrong. So in the phrase, forgive and forget, the two terms are really synonyms. Both mean that the person who has forgiven will not continue to hold that sin against the wrongdoer or take it into account in future interactions. A person may remember that it happened, but he or she can choose not to act on it. Now, that's biblical forgetting. So, so many, many wonder about um, forgiving people who have sinned but have not confessed. Many of us wonder about people who have sinned but have not confessed, repented, or even asked for forgiveness. And sometimes you all in court, the victim of a crime will get to speak to the perpetrator before the sentence is passed. And often the victims will tell how the crime has impacted them and ask the judge to impose the strictest sentence that they possibly can. But on other occasions, the victim will say to the perpetrator, I forgive you. I forgive you. Now, the question is, is this forgiveness valid if the convicted criminal 
has not confessed and asked for forgiveness? And the answer is um, both yes and no. On one hand, the victim often, please hear me, on one hand, the victim often forgives the criminal so that he or she will not be eaten up by hatred for the criminal. The forgiveness granted by the victim in court does not, however, absolve the criminal from any legal penalties so that the state um, doesn't have the right to prosecute. No, no, no. They still have the right to prosecute. Now, on the other hand, please hear me, God forgives people when they confess their sins and they ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness only comes through faith in Christ which involves a spiritual transformation. So in the courtroom example, even if the victim forgives the criminal, there can never be the establishment or restoration of a relationship unless the criminal confesses their sins and actually seeks forgiveness. Which means, you all, the goal of biblical forgiveness is not only to benefit the victim, but it's also designed to restore the sinner. That cannot happen without the acknowledgement of sin on the offender's part. So therefore, in some cases, the one who has been sinned against is right um, to, to be able to forgive the sinner. To forgive the sinner. But on the other hand, there are times when we need to wait until persons um, have asked for forgiveness. And I want, to, I want to give you all an example of this. Good parents ought to be willing to forgive once their children have confessed and asked for forgiveness. But they are right to withhold forgiveness until that child has taken the steps necessary to allow the reconciliation. See, it's foolish for a father to simply forgive his teenage son for disobeying his rules and the law by drinking and driving if the son does not acknowledge that what they did was wrong. However, the father should be willing to forgive when the conditions are right. And in some situations, granting unrequested forgiveness cheapens the concept i'll say it again in some situations granting unrequested forgiveness cheapens the concept and ignores the seriousness of the offense a person should always be willing to forgive every time forgiveness is requested a person should always be willing to forgive every time forgiveness is requested as jesus taught it goes without saying that on some of those occasions, the request even might be, be insincere. It, it might be sincere. It might be insincere. The person will end up committing the same offense against us again at a later, a later, a later time. After all, y'all, but listen, please hear me. Isn't that exactly what we do to God, though? Isn't that how he forgives us. So in some cases, you are the one who has been sinned against. It's right to simply just let it go. Even if forgiveness has not been requested. 
even if it has not been requested. And then there are other times when forgiveness ought to be granted when it's been requested of us by the offending party, when they have confessed for their, for their wrongdoing and asked for forgiveness. I, I wanted to give you all these instructions, these biblical instructions, to kind of help us guide through this process. And I hope today that we better understand this whole concept and idea behind forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you all to help me today um, as we try to intercede on behalf of so many. Sister Tracy Berry is requesting us to pray for Marcus DeFrancing, who was um, recently diagnosed with colon cancer. Ruby Brown, um, suffered a stroke. She's in rehabilitation center and um, needs our prayers. Jennifer Hines, Hines is in ICU due to complications from her chemo treatments. We need to pray for Jennifer. Um, Sister Martha McCray, member of Carolina's, requesting our prayers. Um, we want to pray for Nia Tyler, blood clots in her lungs. Um, Sister Mercedes Barrett's brother, Spencer Kennedy, has been diagnosed with cancer. He's requesting our prayers. Gaylene Musgrove, member of Carolina, who's having issues with both of her lungs, her heart and kidneys, is requesting our prayer. Um, Donna Travers, suffering from major pain throughout her body, mostly due to arthritis needs our prayers. I want to ask you all to pray today for um, Brother Art Alley. Art Alley and family as Bonnie, his wife, is in ICU on a ventilator. Praying. Praying for Elder Reggie Thomas's mother. Lifting her in prayer in that family. Praying for the family of Pastor Emeritus James Fuller. He's the pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church in Christ in Baltimore, Maryland, who's the uncle, who's the uncle of Pastor Firm James. He passed away on yesterday, transitioned. So I want to ask you all to pray for for that family. I'd like to ask you all to pray for First Lady Cynthia Moore, if you all would lift her in prayer as she is still undergoing and going through some medical issues in her own body. Would you all lift her in prayer? I want to pray today for um, Sister Mary Davis and Deacon Evelyn Mack and Sister Martina Baxter, Doretha Williams, Sister Edna Monroe, praying, Sister Associate Pastor Talia White. We're praying continually for Sister Emma Oaks, um, Ruth Ann Major, we're lifting in prayer um, Pastor Stephen Tucker and Reverend Hurl Brinkley. I want to pray for you on today, and let me thank you for your presence and your time with us on this morning. Being mindful of that, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, um, we in fact have um, heavy hearts and um, 
our minds are even oftentimes weighted with the weights of the world. But we know that you said in your word that we can come unto you, all ye that are heavy laden, and we will find rest. And so even now with a prayer list that as as long as it is, and even with the weights of individuals we love being crippled and weakened by disease and sickness, and circumstances in our lives. We know, God, that we can find peace, rest, and healing in you. So now, God, we pull on you because you are our source. God, we know that everything is in your hand. And that you are in control. God, we know that we are able to have things done according to our faith. And so, Lord, we call on you because we know that you are all powerful. Now, Lord, for every circumstance and situation, that we've laid before you on this morning. God, would you move, please? Heal. Restore. Give unto us the complete function of every organ that you designed in our bodies. I pray today, God, for forgiveness of sin. And God, while we're here, let me thank you for forgiving us, restoring us unto right relationship with you. Now, God, we recognize you require the same of us. And though it might be hard, it does not remove from us the responsibility to forgive those who have sinned against us. God, we in fact pray today that you would keep us in perfect peace. Those of us who keeps our minds stayed on you, do what only you can do, God. Lord, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer. As there are many, hear our prayer. Said in your word that you would. God, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you all so very much for your time today. Um, I've given you some principles that I do hope very heartedly that you will begin to apply into your own life. On your mark, get set. Let's grow. Have a great day on purpose. Know that I love you much. God bless you all.